And what's the main benefit of, of actually buying this house? You know, what is it really? Actually sitting down and actually analysing it made me think, nah, I'm not going to do this. Um, last minute I pulled out. <laughs> Probably not the best yeah. for the person selling the house. But last minute I pulled out um, because I realised it didn't make sense to what I was really trying to achieve as a person, which is multiple streams of income. And then what I did do is I redeployed that cash into the investments, stocks and shares. So I started investing in stocks and shares and generating capital appreciation and some dividend income from the stocks and shares world. Um, and now I'm, I'm still continuing to save, but my mindset when it comes to buying a house is totally different. It's not to, you know, have something that is just a tick box exercise. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've, I've bought a house. Hey, look at me. I've bought a house below the age of 30. It sounds good, and and if you pay attention, a lot of people are actually doing this, and you know, and it makes me question why they're doing it. You know, mm. why is it so important to let people know that you bought a house at a certain age? Mm. Why is that important? And it comes back to that status symbol thing. Um, so yeah, I just want people to be aware of why they do certain things. It comes back to you know, awareness. Mm. You know, why are you buying that house? Um, what is the opportunity cost? of buying that house having that opportunity cost mindset really helps whenever you make a decision what is the next best alternative that you could have done with that money that you could have done and that will help you make better decisions financially mm. so for me do i regret buying a, not buying a house absolutely not i am overjoyed <laughs> that i didn't buy the house um, yeah especially because house prices are extremely expensive right now mm. um, of course if you are someone who let's say has a family um, you've just been, you just got married um, and you want to have a home mm. I think that's an amazing thing to do to actually buy the house as a home mm. but don't call it an investment mm. at least for not for now right um, Richard Porter talks about assets being something that puts money into your pocket mm. and liabilities being something that takes money out of your pocket in this circumstance buying a house and getting a mortgage the term mortgage comes from mortal which is life <laughs> so having that debt for almost life yeah you can't really call that a, 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 an asset for now anyway yeah um obviously when it matures and or when you've finished paying it off yeah uh, and at some point you could do things that you know take out equity and that kind of stuff is good um but don't call it an asset for now um understand what you're buying is a home it's an asset for your family and it can help you with generational wealth mm. but in the short term medium term you could have probably done something better with your money if you wanted to invest basically hmm mentioned some key words um around um obviously liabilities and assets mm. um you also mentioned about um if you're getting a home for marriage that's a whole nother <laughs> podcast yes. um, in itself which yeah. i'm looking forward to getting into that which is absolutely amazing um okay and you know when i again when i sort of think about what the hood sort of didn't uh teach us and this as i said it could include what we learned it at home or mm-hmm. in our schools we'll touch on schools um shortly um and uh, even till this day when you speak about things like instant gratification um the economy is aware of this yeah. um companies that are selling things to us know very much how our minds work yeah. um behavior economics yeah, yeah they know how our minds work and it's it's not easy to for us to one understand the system that you know, advertising is very powerful and yeah. then two, to actually overcome that challenge of not giving in. Um, yeah, so that that's that's really important. But everything that we're sort of talking about, first of all, it wasn't really spoken around at the dinner table, but no. 
it also wasn't taught in schools. No, when no, I speak no. to my parents, mate, I don't know how it is now. Um, but I'm, I do a lot of work, um, <laughs> just general, and um, also part of my, um, one of my um, incomes as well involves working with uh, young people in general. Yeah. Um, and personal finance is something that's not taught in schools, from in my opinion, yeah. or enough, yeah. or it's not a priority. Yeah. Why is that, Jack? So why do you think that is? Man, where do we? It's a tough question. Um, I think. Obviously, in our time, um, we didn't learn anything about personal finance in school. Mm. Um, I think as time has gone on, recently I saw, um, I think Martin Lewis is doing some work. I, I think he's written something with young, actually young money or something like that. Mm. Um, and some yeah, he's doing a lot of work. Yeah, I think tra- sc- influencing policy a lot. Yeah. He's doing a great job. He's, yep. a, he's, a, he's a great man. And I think um, some schools have adopted a curriculum that he's brought out. Mm. So uh, that, that obviously makes me happy. Um why why is personal finance not taught in schools um Ooh, why is it not a priority why is it not a priority yeah. you think of it everything we're doing yeah where we go to school <laughs> every single day our parents taking us to school where yeah. we was in primary school yeah. nursery yeah. secondary yeah. school college uni doing extra uh, exams after university yeah. um doing postgrad uh, qualifications then working nine yeah, to five gosh let's be honest yeah it's the generating income it so generating why income, is, yeah but it, yeah. it should it should be the priority you probably if anything you should teach me how to make money first before you teach yeah. me about pythagoras mm. and trigonometry you should ask me if i want to know about pythagoras or trigonometry first mm. um of course some people don't have the then maybe the, the, they don't know what they need to learn but i think personal finance should be a, absolutely be a priority and that's why we do what we do right mm. um should why shouldn't it be many different reasons or why doesn't it why isn't it taught in schools could be many reasons i think one possibly <laughs> could be because if everybody was financially woke mm. like we are i don't know how well one school of thought will say it's great for the economy mm. another school of thought will say no that doesn't that's not that can't be good for the economy because you know people need for example um being being financially woke means knowing for example that it is a good thing to be an entrepreneur mm. right or to have your own business but how can everyone have a business and not have employees you mm. always need employees but the school system teaches you to be employees so if anything as an entrepreneur you're happy that the school system taught some people to be entrepreneurs. Mm. No, sorry, some people to be employees because then you can hire those people. Yeah. Right? Um, for example, banks, obviously, how, how do banks make their money? Um, well, this is how a bank works. What they do is they, you know, you and I will deposit money. That's us actually borrowing the bank money. And obviously, they pay us a very small interest, right? And then what they do is they lend that money to people that want it it could be people it could be um businesses um and essentially they make their money on the margin the difference between the interest that they pay you mm. and the interest they charge people that they borrow um so what they need is guess what they need people to borrow now this is this is where i say it's hard to answer because y- you can say well if people were taught in schools to be for example business people and entrepreneurs to own businesses then they can learn how to borrow mm. but to make good money or good decisions with that money that they've borrowed from the businesses or from the bank sorry and then banks could benefit right but unfortunately people are borrowing for the wrong reasons mm. um borrowing to pay off debt but debt is a massive part of you know the bank's balance sheet to, to for them to make money so 
I mean, if you want to be uh, someone who has a conspiracy theory, yeah, I'm a bit of a conspiracy theory. <laughs> go, go into it. <laughs> you can You're say probably well, right. <laughs> that you could easily say that you know it's good to keep people poor, uh, for some to some extent. Mm. Um, for me as an individual, uh, it doesn't really make it. it I understand it, but it doesn't make sense. I think you know, there's always going to be an income, kind of an income gap. I think. Um, but trying to reduce is something that I would I would try and do. But uh, why why financial education is not to in schools? It's 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 beyond my understanding. Yeah, it's it's yeah. absolutely crazy. And I think you know what we do at World Finance is you mention when someone becomes uh, to quote woke or so they might want to become an entrepreneur, which is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. But it's not about saying that you know you shouldn't go and do your you know your your career your tradition nine to five by all means do that but also just being aware of what's out there what's available in mm. terms of how to um you know become financially free etc yeah. um how to allocate your time in the yeah. right ways as well um yeah it's it's, it's a, a bit one. of a shame because i say when i speak to some of our younger and the reason why i mention this because Imagine a 16, 17 year old right now, even today in, in the UK, in one to two years time, we spoke about behavior economics. We spoke about how um, the sort of consumer society we live in mm. and there's companies, um, whether it's fashion retail, but in particular banks, they know that 16 to 17 year olds are turning 18 very soon. The minute they turn that, 18, that, that card check now. your letter box <laughs> and you will see letters upon letters yeah. from different banks, from all of these special little plastic cards saying you can get a <laughs> thousand pounds. Imagine you 18 yeah. and you've not seen nothing like that before. Lick your lips. <laughs> I'm telling you because, uh, you know, and I'm particularly, you know, if you're coming from a family where that money isn't just sort of readily available yeah, yeah, and you're, yeah. you're 17 and then these big companies say hey yeah john <laughs> you, you can come and uh, spend our money yeah, yeah you can get five thousand pounds like that and guess what let's be honest for a lot of us that might be quite tempting depending yeah, where we are in that life yeah, yeah. um it's frightening and yeah. no one is you know a personal finance isn't taught you know teaching on young people about Debt. I'm going to yeah. touch on depth in a bit, but teaching them about depth and the dangers of credit. Yeah. Um, it's absolutely crazy. I mean, debt is something that scares me. Um, it can be, there's, you probably have heard that there's good and there's bad debt, right? Mm. But I'm talking about bad debt, basically consumer debt, uh, like through credit cards. Mm. The worst ones are things like payday loans, and I don't think they should even exist. Which, in my opinion yeah they should and we, um, we can say on record so yeah yeah i don't exist i really don't like the way um you know because they say something like you know you should have they, they are there to provide you with emergency funds yeah um if something goes wrong but guess what what did i just say before we should have at least three to six months worth of our mm. expenses saved for emergencies so that we don't need to you know go and borrow money from institutions that are going to charge us excessive interest um so that this is all about being financially woke if you're yeah. financially woke you will have an emergency fund you wouldn't need to rely on um these um, institutions to to provide you with um, credit um and and this is why again why i'm a bit concerned because have you noticed a lot of people are concerned about what they call their credit score mm. um you know it's again it's something that it's tough to try and teach people to not be so concerned about credit, um, especially when, you know, there are people that are using debt for good things. Mm. Um, but yeah, 
yeah. and, and, and this is just in my opinion but a personal goal of mine is to mm. one day influence policy um to the extent where i don't think and this is even t too young in my opinion i don't think anyone under the age of 21 should have access to a credit card i don't yeah. think banks should be targeting um young people who just because you turn 18 just because yeah. the date changed from monday to tuesday and you yeah. became 18 doesn't mean one is emotionally mature enough yeah. to to even understand what they might the deal that they might be getting in and and this is uh, this goes back to your answer your question as to why maybe um personal finance is not taught in schools or financial education generally i think a lot of it i think 70 percent of personal finance is mm. behavioral mm. it's psychological it's emotional mm. um and it's it's hard to teach that it's hard to teach someone to make emotional decisions correctly um it's easy to teach someone that you know a squared plus b squared equals c squared it's, it's easy because it's fact but teaching someone how to change their mindset is extremely difficult so possibly that could be one of the challenges mm. faced by by schools in actually educating people because um, it's not just about education it's about changing mentalities absolutely and you look at some of the side effects of this i mean putting you know for a, a young person to go into thousands of pounds um, at debt mm -hmm. at the age of 19 20 this country talks a lot about the mental health crisis that, that we have as yeah. well that does you know there's a strong link between um poor mental health and yeah. um money challenges as yeah. well and it just it, it shocks me how easily accessible we make it for young people to be able to fall into this trap as well. So yeah, it's just something I'm personally passionate about. I yeah, think, same, yeah same. there's definitely a crisis same. there. There's, there's, yeah. a, there's a strong link between the lack of uh, financial inclusion and, mm. and you know getting into debt and that kind of stuff linked with crime as well. Mm. You know, absolutely. Yeah, when you when you're seeing your you know your 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 parents struggle financially um they could be possibly in, in terrible debt themselves in fact if you look at the statistics you look at how many percentage of people can even save a thousand pounds and i wonder what those statistics would be in our community where we majority of us come from low income households so and it's no shock to me that those same people or those same areas are where crime prevails mm. so yeah it's 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 it's, a, it's tough but um well, that's why we're here. See, we can if we, we can kind of influence our society, our communities, our friends and family to try and change the narrative and change change our mindset, so that not just us, but our generations after us will see things differently and be a more woke when it comes to personal financial matters. Absolutely, and uh, you know, one one of the things that we we are currently on um, in the form of on the topic of debt, you know, something that you know when we think of when we was growing up in some of our families. I'm speaking of the older, our aunties and uncles, <laughs> and yeah. you know, if, if uh, they wanted to pay uh, for something, mm. I don't know, a party, a wedding party, or whatever, oh, I'll just go and yeah, get yeah, some. Yeah, <laughs> oh, the yeah, bank yeah, will yeah, give yeah. me this money yeah, and yeah. that. As if it's their money. Eh? They believe it's their money. Yeah, exactly. Like They'll even say, my money, man. And what would your, I guess, and I'm not talking about someone that is in it's all subjective but i'm not talking about someone that's in dire debt because mm -hmm. there are um some amazing well you can go to them regardless but there are some amazing charities out there in the uk that support anyone of any age who are in any form of debt and you know if any of our listeners are in that position i definitely encourage you to go online and definitely do check them out but yeah. just in in general um 
Jax, um, you spoke about bad debt and good debt, but what would your advice be around sort of, I guess, managing debt and seeking yeah. or aiming to pay it off if you ever fall into that? Yeah, just like you said, if you are in extremely terrible debt, yeah. um, trying to speak to citizens as advice, mm. I think that's... Was citizens as advice. Citizens advice, yeah. and I think the other one is, is it step change? Step change, they're yeah, amazing, yeah. They're pretty good for helping people with absolute dire debt. And even if it's not dire debt, but just helping you, you know, guide you through the, the debt management process. Um... But, you know, if you are just in some sort of credit card debt, that's obviously not absolutely killing you. But it, it's technically it is, but it's not, it's not the worst. Um, for me, it depends on how much debt it is and whether you've already got something in plan um, to actually pay off the debt. Now, personal finance, we look at your income and your expenditure to see if you are making residual amounts or are you actually having a net income that you can save or pay towards your debt. If you're not, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, then obviously, you, how are you going to attach your debt? You're not, you're not making enough income to actually allocate towards your debt. So we'll look at ways to increase your income um, and reduce your expenses. So we'll look at your, 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 you know, your statement and say, well, did you need to buy that coffee that from Costa or Starbucks, or could you have just not used a coffee in your workplace? Just, just examples like that to see if we can at least save, let's say. A hundred pounds a month, and then say, "Well, that hundred pounds, we're going to allocate it to to the different debt." Now, when it comes to the different types of debt, um, or not not different types, but different ways of attacking a debt, mm-hmm. you can use diff- two different methods. I think one's called the avalanche, and the other one is I forgot, I forgot the actual name of it, but it's one snowball, snowball. Yeah, that's it. Snowball I'm effect. a big fan that's of that one. Yeah. yeah. So the, the avalanche is just looking at the one that charges the highest interest. Um, and attacking that first mm. and that makes mathematical sense mm. um, so if you're someone who's quite mathematical then use that approach or you could use a snowball small snowball approach which is you look at the one that's the smallest and just pay it off yeah. and that helps you psychologically and then that money that you used to pay off move it on to the next one and then pay the next smallest one off and then work your way that way I think the first one is good for just people that are very technical and mathematical but generally speaking most of us human beings are emotional characters you probably want to use a snowball effect I think that's probably one of the best mm. just attack attack the smallest one first get it out of the way and then move on to the next one and by the time you know it you build that confidence that, that psychological maturity to just pay off debt mm. um, it, that's, that's if you've actually got some money to pay off the debt if you're struggling to reduce expenses um, and you can't really increase your income I think you need to, you need to think about why can't you increase your income? So I've met people, for example, that might be on a graduate scheme. So they're on a scheme that's going to pay them a certain amount for three years. They can't increase that. And they're not going to leave the graduate scheme, for example. So what I would say is, honestly speaking, you need to short-term fix. Um, and this is where you need to take something that's a bit, not extreme extreme, but it's somewhere extreme. Just get a second job. <laughs> Simple as. Get a second job. Um, you know, I talked about um, primary source of income for a lot of people's employment seek another employment maybe an evening job something really simple that's easy to get mm. that's maybe it might be labor intensive it's a very short-term fix um so don't think of it as something you're going to do for the long term so just do it but make sure you say to yourself well this the income i'm going to generate from this second job this maybe night job i'm going to use it purely just to pay off the debt um, of course different situations require different things everyone's unique circumstances are different but in, in, personally if I was ever in that situation I would just get another job who knows I might just go to the gym get hench and be a bouncer or something and just use that money <laughs> to, yeah. to pay off the debt um, or you know if you're, if you're again uh, it, there are different types of debt there's consumer debt there's 
um, debts such as uh, revolving debts or debts for like your cars and that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, there's obviously debt like student loan. So we're not talking about student loan and we're not talking about mortgages. Mm. Those debts are for another topic. Yeah. It's okay to have those debts to some extent. Mm. Um, we're talking about those debt that are really aggressive and really eat at your ability to grow your wealth. Um, yeah, I think you need to pay them off. And one thing I must say, and this is a this is an issue with a lot of people, um, especially in the generation above, but our generation too, is they don't understand the um, that whole idea of paying your minimum payment. Mm. They think mm. your minimum payment is going to reduce your debt. It's just a minimum amount that the bank requires. Why not pay the minimum amount? Um, what you don't realize is you're only paying, you're most likely only paying the interest element of the debt. So the principal, the actual debt still remains. And so if you're only paying a minimum payment for 20 years, you look at your statement and your, your debt is still there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. If you borrow 5,000, you still owe 5,000. You've just been paying the interest. It is the worst way of paying back debt. Um, you want to at least make some overpayments. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, and uh, the overpayment's a little side joke as yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> Agree. So never just uh, pay off sort of minimum payments yeah, as well, yeah. if you can yeah. allocate some uh, money aside to top up on that. And I think the very first thing you said um, was around sort of budgeting and looking at your um, income and expenses as well. And it's it's so funny. I think all of us, even right now, um, when we really look at what we spend, there's always yeah. something we can cut always off. Cut and off, it's yeah. almost like a pay rise where we actually do that if we actually stick to it. Yeah. So, for example, I know people just generally in the workplace, they've got a lovely coffee machine yeah. in their office. In this the office. is free coffee. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but they'll still come in with their coffee cup yeah. from their local uh, coffee shop yeah. outside of the workplace. And, and guess what? They will make the yeah. excuse. It, it, it is true to some extent. Yeah, they will yeah. say, you know, the quality yeah, of the yeah. coffee from yeah. these shops are mm. better. And it is true. But it is, is it worth more than the debt that, you're <laughs> that you have to Where pay you're back? Debt. Yeah. You're debt. So you've got, you got to do the cost-benefit analysis. Absolutely. You know? um, so, yeah, fantastic. Okay, that's that's amazing stuff. And I think it's really good that we've had this discussion. And I think this is what, um, you know, our podcasts are going to be about, just really yeah. having that conversation that we might not have had across the dinner table. And I think it's also exposing those um, topics that, people may not naturally just sort of talk about and yeah, i think yeah, money yeah. and finance people, is people, one of them i, I think yeah. it's slowly changing so yeah. thank god for that but i think um there's still so much more to be spoken about especially people from our community absolutely um, so you know it's not just about the you know the technicalities it's mm. about the emotionals and the emotions behind it the psychologies and of course the education you know mm. the education is difficult to find sometimes um so so i guess that's why i'm here you know to use my professional um expertise to explain certain stuff in in simple jargon few ways i think that's something that you know we're not exposed to a lot of the time if you want investment knowledge you speak to someone who's got this knowledge they speak with god knows how many technical terms and you wonder why you know i wonder why do you have to use that specific term to explain something that's mm. so easily explained mm. Um, so that's why we've also made more finance where we can actually dive into some of these things some of these uh, jargon some of these technical terms um, and make them very simple and easy to understand so that we can actually educate ourselves and move forward yeah and, and one of the things we was uh, actually discussing on the way here is you know in 2020 it's a, it's a different world to how it was for 
you know, 20, 30 years ago um, when we were sort of uh, growing up as well. Um, You know, when we think of access, you you spoke about financial um, inclusion. You want to speak a bit more about uh, the different types of access people from any community today would have which it might be different maybe 20 30 years for example we mentioned around access to um, investing in stocks especially investing i think you know historically if you wanted to invest in a stock market you needed a personal financial broker Mm. investment broker um and you need that whole term just sounds expensive (laughs) yeah (laughs) and you needed to be someone who had you know let's say a minimum of let's say five thousand pounds to invest you needed to have you know of a certain net worth to even get access to to mm. invest in the stock market whereas now with all these disruptors financial pla- um, investment platforms um and that kind of stuff we can invest with as little as i think like 10 pounds you know um so it has become easier and a lot of the industries out there are being disrupted by technology and that's good for us to consume on because it provides more con- con- competition um and so you know now that we have access we need the education to go with that access and i think you can get education freely in platforms like youtube and that kind of stuff um on our podcast mm-hmm. um but you know also taking time to do extra training if you have to you know by paying for education through seminars workshops and that kind of stuff and buying books yeah so yeah i'm i'm, I'm really happy and excited that you know people that we've grown up with no matter how rich you are you have the ability um to actually get access to the stock market which initially even when i was growing up I used to, and i don't know about you but if you ever changed the channel accidentally to i don't know channel bloomberg channel or something yeah. you see all these colorful numbers moving left and right you think what the hell's going on there yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it seems like something that you can't touch and it seems so difficult to understand mm. and i'm excited because i truly understand it now yeah, and I yeah, think yeah. to myself it's not even that difficult mm. you know why why are people not invested in the stock market because of fear because of lack of understanding well, that's why I'm here, and that's why mm, we're here. To absolutely, yeah. uh, you're absolutely right. There was a time where people think that is just for a certain group of yeah. people, and um, but now the you know the access mm. is there. You mm. mentioned people can start investing for as little as the cost of a decent haircut, yeah, uh, depending <laughs> on your barbers. Um, <laughs> your so yeah, which is absolutely amazing, and this is what this uh, show is about. And I think for our listeners, in you know, if anything is just starting to click in your mind right now about what you would like to know a bit more about, or for us to have a discussion about, do drop us an email um, at uh, well info at wokefinance.co.uk, or you can catch us on the usual social media channels and um, our Instagram. Yeah, Instagram is Walk Finance Team. Um, yeah. Probably might change the name of that, but Walk Finance, you should find us. Yeah, so uh, please do um, interact with us and join in on the conversation. We want to know what's on the minds of our listeners. Um, we don't know every single person <laughs> around, uh, whether yeah. in the UK or beyond, if you are listening as well. So it'll be good to sort of know what's on your mind so we can bring it up and start talking about topics that, we may not normally talk about yeah. um, and, and I guess you know probably finally on this as well when I think of uh, some of our, our younger ones coming up we all have either little brother sister or nephews nieces yeah. or whatever young people um, around us in our family and beyond you know when I think of so for example my nephew mm. um, he, he likes the, the game that these young kids uh, play I think Minecraft okay. um, and one of the discussions I was having around him uh, now you know 
what who owns Minecraft or what, what game and um, what company owns Minecraft yeah. and he now knows this Epic Games. Like, yeah. Okay, that's pretty cool. Who owns Epic Games? Yeah. And we're just talking about that and then I'm going to see that it's a company called um, Tencent, Tencent in uh, yeah, China, yeah, yeah. which yeah. for um, is a massive uh, yeah. company that produces loads of things, not just games and mm. games companies, but beyond. Um, and so that's pretty cool. One day, would you ever like to own a part of yeah, Tencent? Yeah, and yeah. he's like, yes, because uh, Minecraft is, yeah. is six uh, and all of that stuff um i'm not even talking about investing right now i'm just getting talking the about mindset. that yeah that mindset of you know yeah i was reading uh peter lynch's i think it was beating the street peter lynch great yeah. name yeah um, yeah and and great, you know, uh, if, if you want to know who peter lynch is he's one of the you know best fund managers with the best track records mm. um and essentially i was reading his book and in the book um, if i remember correctly he was talking about um a school of kids or, or youth that um took part in a, in a kind of a game where they made some investments and all, all they did is they invested in things that they knew so mm. i don't can't remember the actual companies but it might have been like nike mcdonald's mm. and and guess what they've managed to you know outperform wall street so uh, you yeah. know it's interesting that you mentioned that your nephew mm. you know is is um is is you know, you're actually having these conversations with your nephew and in fact you know if you actually look at the best performing um stocks over the past 10 years it, it stocks that you know these companies that we use all the time like netflix and apple i got an apple phone and mm. you know I, I watch netflix and mm. you know all these companies i wear nike when i'm with i'm playing football all these companies are companies that are just around us um you know you might have not have needed to do the whole you know investment analysis checking ratios and fundamentals um just investing in things that you know sometimes mm. is, is good enough absolutely um, yeah. absolutely i said it with precaution but yeah yeah absolutely and you know there's gonna come a time on this uh podcast stay tuned for it where we actually talk a bit about if you are going to go into um a particular business um or invest in a t particular type of business what things should you sort of be looking out yeah, for as yeah. well but we'll definitely go into a bit more um detail into that because investing in individual business is not the only thing you can do there's so much more yeah, yeah. simpler and in some cases even slightly subjective but better yeah. routes that you can take like as well that's fun. Yeah, exactly. and that stuff, yeah. um so yeah we'll definitely be continuing that discussion okay before we sort of uh, wrap up on this particular topic uh jacks was there anything else that comes to mind when you think about what the hood didn't teach us and now you know what you know now yeah. what you would like to shed light on yeah i mean I've, i think i've spoken enough about some of the things um it's all to do with the mindset you know um i think just getting away from some of the misconceptions and um understanding where we have been historically um when it comes to mindset and you know how we spend our money how we save our money how we invest our money um and also doing things on purpose and intentionally but it all starts with being true to yourself and having a long-term view on things it's as simple as that so the mindset is number one and number two is actually the, the education you know actually understanding um what things mean and be more financially literate how to read things like financial statements do taxes and that kind of stuff mm -hmm. um those are the things that we were not taught initially but going forward um there are so much you know information out there obviously this podcast you're going to learn so much from listening to this podcast um, i'm going to add as much value as i possibly can and it helps me as well because you know it helps me it holds me accountable to, mm -hmm. to you know to be more knowledgeable than i ever have been so yeah it's it's just about moving forward and, and taking the steps in the right direction awesome well thank you very much uh jacks it's your boy peter and jacks from uh
finance so um thank you very much you know how you can sort of get in contact with us um on usual social medias or an email we'll be having a guest join um us as well for um other podcasts as well and yeah we hope to hear from you soon yeah i mean you know the one, one thing i must say is you know um there's always a disclaimer you've got to do when it comes to giving financial um educational that can be misconstrued as financial advice of course everything that we do say on this channel is our opinion mm. based on our um on our knowledge our personal um experiences and so on um do of course make sure you check the accuracy of anything that's said on this channel um but you know i trust them to be <laughs> as accurate as possible so. awesome and remember team stay, stay woke, woke.